our best friends and next door neighbors, Willow and Lillian, spill the tea on murder, mysteries, and other things that go bump in the night. So get your favorite teacup ready and let's get into it. Welcome to Cruelty Podcast. This is Lillian. And with me, as always, is Willow. Hello. Hello, Willow. Hi. I really don't know. Like, I feel like I should do it different every time. The right? as always is Willow. Uh, I know. I feel like I should say something that's not so hi, but that's like my go-to. It's like what I do thing. in real life. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, that's you. Yeah, you could just start meowing at the start of the podcast. That's stupid. Nobody likes that. <laughs> I don't think anyone would would like to listen to us meowing at each other. Oh, great. A weeaboo murder. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> there are those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you could think of a category, it's got a murder. Right, that's true. That's why we did this. So this is our last Cannibal Month episode. Yes. And I picked the worst one. Yeah, it was funny because like, she was like, I don't know what I'm doing, so... She was like, send me some, like, a list or whatever. And I was like, okay. So I sent her a bunch of names of all these people. And she and picked I one them. Yes. that I didn't <laughs> send her because I did not send this case because I fucking hate this case. <laughs> it sucks. And I, I didn't think you would do it. I really no, didn't think I you didn't. would do it. And early on, I was like, no, no. No, it's, it's so gross. It's so vile. Tis foul. Tis very foul. It's, it's, it's so bad. Bad and it's yucky. Kaka. It is not good. No, it's it's really one of... And so I, I don't know... I don't remember a lot of details about this case. I yeah. do know about it, and I know it's it's one of the top... It's one of the top ten worst. Of all in time. My, in, in my opinion, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because it's just all child murder. That's why, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But what makes the, what elevates this case is the letter that the murderer sends to the victim's mother. Ugh. And I'm going to read the whole motherfucker. Because if I had to read it, you got to hear it. That's the rules. Right. So who am I covering? Albert Fish. Stupid name, stupid man. He was often called the gray man, the werewolf of Wisteria, the vampire of Brooklyn. But I propose this, Willow. Mm. We start giving serial killers dumb dumb names. Yes. You don't get to have a cool name. No. So I've I've made some names. Would you like to hear yes, them? Yes, I would. How about the stinking turd of Astown? Astown. Yeah. Yes. Uh the piss baby of Idiotville. Piss baby. I like that. Of Idiotville. Mm-hmm. Of Idiotville. Yes. Yes. I want to call this guy, Albert Fish, the fishy stink fuckface of Turdburg. <laughs> I think that one's my favorite. <laughs> Turdburg is Turdburg. what it. Yeah, it's really good. Because I just, I don't know, they've always got these cool names. Like, right. I want to be the vampire of Holiday Island. Right. Holiday Island is where we live, and it's like... It's a little subdivision. It's like a, it's like a retirement community. Yeah. There's all these old people, and then there's us. <laughs> yes. Look, okay, so this is how Holiday Island works, for anyone who would like to know. Down below, near Here. the golf course, is where all the old rich people yes. are. Yes. And then you drive through that area, and they make a face, like, Oh, don't rob me! <laughs> you, the higher you go up the mountain, it gets progressively more poor. 
Yes. It's where they hide all the trailers. Mm -hmm. In fact, they now we've become a town, and they put in the town's bylaws that no trailers can be put in Holiday Island ever again. Wow, I didn't know that part. Rude. Yeah. Yeah. Go down to the, like, Holiday Island uh, district office where you pay your water bill, and they will treat you like absolute dog shit. Yes. Yes, they will. Like, air, you live up on Summit. You piece of shit. <laughs> like, sorry, God. <laughs> I pay my bill, Regina, at the Holiday Island Water Department. She's a bitch. I'm going to fight her in an alley. So if you have, like, every once in a while, I can't pay my bill on time. Number one, I've always paid it. But sometimes I'm a little late. I'm an artist. I don't, it's either feast or famine over here. We right. either have $5,000 or 25 cents, and it's yeah. like no in between. And I can't predict it. Not, I try. Not yeah. ever. I'll usually say, usually the winter months are good. I don't know. The, these winter months have been bad, so yeah. I, it's just been shitty. And so I'll call Regina at the Holiday Island District office, and I'll be like, ma'am, I'm going to be a couple days late on my bill. If you pay it late, there's a late fee. <laughs> well, bitch, I know. I wish there wasn't, and you could be magnanimous and remove that fee, but you are clearly not going to do that. No, I'm not. I'm going to hit her with my car. <laughs> and then you can do a podcast about me because I killed Regina at the Holiday Island District office. Fuck you, Regina. I kind of like her. She's so mean. <laughs> Why would you like her? She's, because she's hateful. She's She's like... She's like she's like McGonagall. She's like one of those teachers that's like just really hard to please. But whenever you yeah, do make sucks. when you finally make her laugh, you're like, ah. "Oh, you've got issues." Yeah, that therapy can't yeah. fix. <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Oh, you hate me? Challenge accepted. I'm gonna make you like me." And she does now. She does. She hated me so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, she absolutely loathes my existence. Yeah. Because I'm a bitch back. I'll be a bitch oh, I'm, back. And I'm, and I'm very poor. She has to call me almost every month. <laughs> like, she's like, well, ow. <laughs> like, yes, she's like, this is Regina. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> oh, is it that time? I'm sorry. And then I make up some bullshit story. I don't make up. I just tell her something stupid about my day. And yeah. <laughs> totally derail the conversation. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah, It works for you because you're a cute person. Y'all, I'm not a cute person. I'm very tall and an my resting bitch face is so powerful. <laughs> and the thing is, what people don't know is that actually on the inside, I'm a very nice person. Yeah, you're very cute and cuddly in real life. Oh, I am. It's yeah. true. Yeah. I hate to admit it. I want to be a badass, but I'm not. <laughs> Number one, I have noodly arms. I can't fight. could kick the fuck out of somebody. Right. That's where all my strength is, if I have any at all. But I'm, like, really nice. I try and be helpful. I donate to charities. I love puppies. And babies and kittens and stuff. But everyone thinks, everyone in Eureka's terrified of me. They'll be like, Lillian, ho, 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 don't cross her. You're like one of the, like, the scary witches of the woods that yes. like everybody's scared of. But that done nothing. So it's, when someone doesn't like me, I'm going to assume it's because I have a loud mouth and a mean face. My face is pointy. It is. It's a pointy face. <laughs> I have a big fucking nose. And like, I don't know, my chin is pointy and my face is mean. I don't know what's going on. I don't feel mean on the inside. But I will tell you this. Regina comes at me sideways one more time. I'm going to go to jail. 
There's no reason to talk to me like that. I've paid my bill late twice the entire five years that I've lived here. Wow. Because I, like, I will pay, I will pay that water bill before I'll buy groceries. Yeah. Because I don't want anyone to be mean to me. I know. She's so scary. demoralizing. Yeah. yeah. So no, I'm not a bitch. Regina is though. God, I wish she would listen. She wouldn't. She wouldn't. She would she never would. listen to this podcast. Never. Say in her life, not never. Once. But I want to go there and like. So, say, I mentioned you on my podcast, Regina. <laughs> no. Yeah, she'd probably just find a way to hurt me. Uh, yeah. So today's case is super gross. Yeah, I was kind of enjoying talking about the water lady because I know that this case is so uh-huh. fucking bad. So here's your disclaimer for today. Yeah. This episode contains violent and disturbing content. Sensitive listeners advised definitely not for children not for work not safe for life this case contains violence against children which is especially heinous so if that upsets you or triggers you you must click away click away you won't hurt my feelings yeah this is one of the worst cases go listen to me talk about mothman on our patreon which is far less upsetting yeah maybe a little upsetting though mothman's scary yeah that shit's weird so we're just gonna get into it They ripped the band-aid off. And y'all, listen, when I let me tell you how I research, first of all. So you know. I read a book. I'm a speed reader, so I read a book for every fucking case we do, no joke. Wow. Yeah, I watch a documentary or three. I listen to several podcasts and I'll read Murderpedia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem with Murderpedia is it's a wealth of information, but it's frequently wrong. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's frequently out of order. So I like to go there because sometimes it'll have a little tidbit that other places won't have, mm-hmm. and then I can go research that tidbit. Right. But it takes me anywhere from a week to 48 hours to do one case. Same, yeah. This one, since it's so well documented, only took 48 hours. But y'all, I read a book, I watched some movies, and I don't like it. Fuck this guy. Yes. Albert Fish... If I said it in a more pleasant voice, it Albert Fish sounds like a children's book. It really doesn't, doesn't sound it? so bad whenever you say it like that. I know. Mm-hmm. Was born Hamilton Howard Fish on May nineteenth, eighteen seventy, in Washington D.C. He had predictably a bad start in life. I mean, you'll most serial killers do right when they're when they're super <laughs> fucked up, especially this one's so super yeah. fucked up. Yeah. And there's pictures. I'm going to include them on Facebook. I wonder if, like, because whenever we're a child, that's when we're in our creative mindset. Like, everything is creativity and imagination and things like that. I wonder if, like, when fucked up things happen during that creative process, that's why they get so creative with their fucked up shit later on. Yeah, because it is creative how fucked up Yeah, because I could never think like that. Mm -mm. And I have some weird and interesting kinks. None of them are violent and terrible. And I'm not going to share them because fuck you, it's none of your business. But, I mean, I've probably already shared them, to be honest. You tried so hard not to. It just comes out. Uh, But, like, I've never thought about doing any of the things he's done. Right. In any capacity. Yeah. But I do wonder if all of us have the capability of monstrous thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've just never thought monstrous things. Not really. Aside from, like, launching my ex out of a cannon into the sun or kind of fantasizing while we were still married that he would die on his way to work in a fiery auto crash. 
Yeah. I didn't think about me doing it, though. No, but I definitely... How about the outfit I wear I can understand funeral? thinking about fucked up shit, just because our brain can be a very dark place. But I, I can't think about obsessing something to the point of... Having to kill a bunch Having of to do it, like, when it's that terrible. No, like... Maybe, okay. I get that way about, like, I don't know. A like, second piece of pie I should I was about eat. to say, like, mashed potatoes in the middle of the night, and I'm like, oh, do I really want, I want mashed potatoes. Yeah, you know, sometimes, like, like that. okay, so this snack I make, and you guys are going to thank me, you're going to make this snack. I make some rice. I heat up some black beans. Oh, yeah. I chop up an avocado. A little salsa on there, a little melty cheese, and a dippy egg. God damn. Dippy egg? Dippy fucking egg. It's a fried egg, where the middle is runny. Because if you yeah. eat an egg, why is it dippy? Because you can dip your fucking toast in it. Oh, you ding dong, dippy egg. That's why you call it dippy. Mm, it's my favorite. Mm. If you eat your egg any other way, it's an abomination unto the Lord. <laughs> if you fry your egg and the middle is hard, you fucked up that egg. Same as if you take a beautiful steak and you make it well done. What have you done? Why'd you ruin the meat? You're right up there with Albert Fish. <laughs> of Turdington, or whatever I said. Turdberg, yeah. Turdberg. Yeah, so anyway, bad bad time. His mother, uh, Ellen, yes, she was 32 when Albert was born, and his father, Randall, was 75. 75! Wow. He was 43 years older than his mother. What the holy fuck? Yeah. Fuck I didn't know bodies could still do that at 75. Well, his could. Wow. See, this is why men need to be snippety snapped. What year was this, wasn't it? It was This was 1870. Okay. Well, you know, a lot of relationships back then. Well, a lot of relationships back then were like arranged and and shit. And a lot of the babies that were born, especially in situations like that, weren't the biological fathers. He was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, that, like, like most times, like, it could happen. But see, maybe because his sperm was old. That's why he had some defective babies. <laughs> oh, did he have multiple? Yeah. Oh, were they yeah. all fucked up? He had, uh, Albert had a total of five siblings, and only three of them other than him lived. So only, oh. they were like, I don't know. Yeah. She had six kids, and four of them made it. The two that died. I, it didn't say when they died. Man, and I fucking looked. And you'll notice, if you ever research anything like this because you're interested or you want to do a podcast yourself, what you'll find is that, gosh, they just verbatim repeat each other, even the books. Mm-hmm. It's like they take one article and everybody just copy fucking it really paste. Is. It's really goddamn annoying it's when you're researching. It's very annoying, Yes. Well, and especially because, like, once you read it that way so many times, you don't want to repeat it that way. You don't want to say it out loud that way, but that's how you've gathered the information. Like, so when I went to research his dead siblings, it said repeatedly that he had three living siblings. It just said that line over and over and over, and I thought it was a weird way to word it, and so I thought, this came from a fucking article, and the wiki, and it did, it come from the wiki page, and it's just been re- Posted and yes. copy pasted yes. everywhere. That's plagiarism, you dicks. Yes. I mean, I'm sure in talking about it, I'm going to say some of the same things in the same way. Right. Just the law of averages. But I promise you, I write all this shit myself. And if you're a member of our Patreon, you can look at my research notes for fun. Yeah. I don't know 
know why you want to, but people do. So you can. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I think though, they did live a while. I don't think these were like miscarriages or stillbirths or even deaths in infancy. I think the two that died lived a while, like at least until like five or six. Oh, okay. And that the reason I get that from this is I'll I'll get to it later, but yeah. There's a lot of disease back then, so. Oh yeah, it wasn't a good time. So when Albert was only five years old, his father passed away. What no shocker there. But this left his mother, Ellen, destitute and unable to care for her children financially. Mental illness also ran rampant in his family. His brother, Walter, was later committed to a state institution, and his sister, Annie, was said to be afflicted with the same visual and auditory hallucinations his mother had. It seemed like that his mother may have had something like schizophrenia. Oh, wow. And his uncle had auditory hallucinations and really bad headaches. Wow. Yeah. Can't that be caused by, like, a tumor in the brain? Sure can, but it can also be caused by epilepsy. You know, I hear shit, and I oh, see shit. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But, I'm, but I guess mine don't come with any, like, paranoia or anything. Mm. I just, if I'm feeling funny and then I see something weird, I'm like, oh, I'm going to flop around now. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know if it can be categorized as mental illness, epilepsy. Right. So I think this was something else. No talk of seizures or fits, as they called them back then. Yeah, they they really didn't like epilepsy. No, no, they didn't they like epilepsy. It was like something of the devil or something. Sure, they thought you were possessed mm-hmm. and crazy, and so they put you. Yeah. They just wanted you to die. Eugenics, which was where people would they would like sterilize black people and like epileptics and stuff like that. Yeah, they were big on breeding out the epileptics. The fuck off. Why is it so offensive? Right. Just flopping around for a second, I'll be fine. Yeah. But I still get it, like, I get weird discrimination type shit even That's now. That's so weird. Like, one lady didn't want her daughter to spend the night at my house when my kids were small because I had fits. Mm-hmm. What, like, your daughter's going to be so traumatized by somebody with an epileptic seizure? I don't have grandma seizures that often either, so... I mean, okay. I've seen people have full-on grandma seizures, and... They're not that bad. I mean, they're a little scary. It's, it's kind of scary whenever... If you're like, not used to it or whatever. Yeah, but sure. you can still talk through it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or the t- amount of times people have tried to put a goddamn spoon in my mouth. Don't. Why I would, would you break do my that? Teeth. Because you clench your teeth, you might bite down on your tongue. Yeah. I have bitten down on my tongue and, like, made it bleed and yeah. stuff like that. I have broken teeth because of it, because you clench your jaw really But you don't hard. do a spoon. Like a wooden spoon handle to keep you from breaking your teeth. Oh. Thing is, is you get your fingers around uh, someone who's seizing around their mouth, you're going to get your fucking finger bitten right the fuck off. Yeah. So don't. Yeah. And, you know, roll us onto our sides yeah. and then just call 911. Make sure our airways aren't obstructed. And stand back. You don't, just make sure we can't hurt ourselves. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are stupid, though. Whatever. So... Back to Mr. Fish. Um, Ellen just could not afford to care for her kids. Mm -hmm. After her husband died, she couldn't find work. And so she put Albert in an orphanage. And it was St. John's Orphanage when he was five. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that alone was an exceptionally traumatizing event. Right. Nowhere can I find what type of mother Ellen was. Or if she put her other kids. He was the youngest of his living siblings. Mm -hmm. 
And so they might have been old enough that they could like work and stuff like that. So I'm just not sure if they went to an orphanage too. But you know, can you imagine being five and your mom just gives you up? God, no. But I mean, she, she did it because she didn't want her kids to starve to death. Right. I'm I mean, really not going to blame her for that. Right. I mean, it was really, really harsh conditions. Ooh, it was not a good time in the 1870s. Yeah. And where was this at? I'm sorry, I forgot. Washington, D.C. Oh, I thought this was a European case for some reason. Tis not. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, St. John's Orphanage was a Catholic orphanage. And this whole experience was going to shape him for the rest of his life and not in a good way. As surprise, surprise. Yeah. So right away, he was picked on for his name, Hamilton. They called him Ham and Eggs. And I'm sorry, it's just not that bad. I mean, I've, I've been called worse things. Yeah. Like a dumb bitch. I've been called that a bunch. Um, so Ham and Eggs, really, Albert? That bothered you that much? So he took on the name of his dead sibling, Albert. That's where the Albert comes from. I was from. wondering about that. Okay. Yeah. And I'd like to point something out. So all you cis people who have a hard time getting the pronouns and the name right for a trans friend or relative, go fuck yourself because you sure can remember Albert Fish and nobody got that wrong, not in any of the papers. So fuck you. It's just a little PSA. <laughs> I had a soapbox for a minute. Just a minute. It's okay. And if you feel offended, uh, you can lick my butthole. That's just where I'm at with, with that today. Right. I'm just, I don't know. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Oh, I definitely did. Didn't yeah. sleep for shit. Yeah. Mm -mm. yeah. My sciatic nerve was bothering me, and that is the oldest person thing to say in the world. But it's true. Yeah. So... He thought if he changed his name to Albert, they would quit bullying him, the other kids. Well, they didn't. That just, they just quit calling him Ham and Eggs, but they just kept bullying the shit out of him. And like many similar establishments at the time, St. John's Orphanage was understaffed and incredibly overcrowded. People would just give up their kids because they couldn't afford them frequently. And there were things like going into debt back then they just take all your shit and maybe throw you in jail. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reform and stuff that's happened over the years, but if you were poor back in the 1870s, you were fucked. And yep. there was not food stamps either. There were soup kitchens, but like... Ew. Yeah, ew. So, St. John's was, was not nice. The abuse of children was the norm and not the exception. The staff at St. John's were said to strip the boys naked and beat them. They even enlisted the older boys at the orphanage in helping to punish and beat the younger ones. And the name change, of course, didn't save little Albert from the beatings. He was tortured brutally by the staff of the orphanage. They whipped him frequently. And strangely, he started to find pleasure in the beatings. So... Another thing, too, is at St. John's, there was a lot of, like, paintings of the saints. And I don't know if y'all are familiar with saints, but in order to be a saint in the, in the Catholic faith, you have to be martyred. And to die a martyr means, like, you die because people hate you for loving Jesus or something. I don't know. And it's a violent, terrible death. Like, you'll get stabbed 20 times, eaten by a lion, set on fire, you know nostrils raped i don't fucking know but 
anyway, so little fucking Albert is surrounded by all these violent images. These this iconography of saints like shot with a ton of arrows and like Saint Catherine on a wheel of death or whatever, you know, and he's getting beaten while he's looking at these kind of images, and that's that stimulates the limbic system, the limbic part of your brain. And so he starts associating getting beaten and those kind of half-naked images of men being flogged with a good time. And that gives him a boner. That's it. That fucked him up. That's what fucked him up, is the beatings and looking at pictures of half-naked men who were also being beaten. Yeah, don't beat people. Uh, or especially children, for any reason. <sighs> yeah, some heavy shit. And this is the nice part of the story. Yeah. It's not going to get better from here on out. No. No. And I really went into this one. Oh, so why not? I, so why not? No wonder you're grumpy today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gave me a fucking headache. Yeah. 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 Do a bunch of ibuprofen. Did it help? No. <laughs> no, it didn't. He also seemed to have homosexual urges. Sexual urges. Homosexual. <laughs> it's a long word. Homosexual it's urges. Homosexual urges. And he had a hard time with those, I'm going to guess. Did he? Yeah. A hard time. Yeah. Fuck off. You go fuck yourself. <laughs> homosexual little... urges. Well, I like, if you're going to say that phrase you gotta say it in a british it's, voice it sounds so demeaning like how dare you have homosexual urges i've had those it's fine yeah <laughs> i've had all kinds of urges you know you know you deal with them never the urge though to eat anyone no i've uh, joked about it I'm sure i'm very upset about this case <laughs> you don't even know the details no and i put like the the remembrance of what I do know about this case in the back files of my brain uh -huh. of the things that I don't want to remember. So well, You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas. Yeah, the rest of everybody else gets to just, like, turn off this podcast. I don't. Well, don't turn it off. No, At I mean, like, they listen can, to the ads. They can, they can <laughs> switch. Yeah, but I mean... episode or something, but... No, I have to be here. I have to listen to all of this okay. gross shit that this gross man did to to babies. children. Yeah, to babies. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sucks. Yep. He reminds me a lot, actually, of Andre Chikatilo. Yeah. They're very similar, yeah. the both That's of why them. I thought it was European. Yeah, well, they're, they're <laughs> equally bad. Yeah. And I think they killed around the same number of people. Uh, in 1880, when Albert was 10 years old, his mother, Ellen, had found better employment and she got a government job. No, I don't know what that means, and no, I couldn't find out, and I sure did look. Uh, her income was steadier, and so she removed Albert from the orphanage and brought him back home with her. And Albert never received a formal education, though he could read and write. And this isn't to say he's stupid. There's a lot of, like, I don't know, illusions that Albert was stupid or slow, and I'm not finding that to be the case in this one. Okay maybe slightly below average intelligence. And even then, I don't know, he seems kind of crafty to me. He's a dick, but right, like, I don't know right. if that means he's a stupid dick. Right. I'm not trying to compliment him, I just don't think he was dumb. No, a lot of people play on the the lack of like... 
I just think we're trying to find Education. a reason why he did this shit. Right. But I gave the reason already. He was beaten as a child and overstimulated while he was looking at images that kind of turned him on a little bit. And then it made a miasma of fucking his brain. Fucked him up. Yeah. As the Catholic Church does to many people. Especially Right? Children. Fuck off, Catholic Church. At the age, this is gross, so I apologize in advance. At the age of 12, he befriended a neighborhood boy, and they began kind of a eh, romantic relationship of sorts. The other boy introduced him to Eurolagnia, Eurolagnia, and Corpophagia. Do you know what that is? They sound like such, they They sound sound gross, don't they, they? No, they sound like, like, like weird countries in a weird like uh role-playing oh. game or something cute no oh. it's drinking pee and eating shit in a sex way no uh-huh no it's pee pee and poo poo it's pee consumption he was into it he was pissy about shitties. it it's the pissy shitties yes oh <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Willow literally just yeah, gagged. I it did. Really it's, oh, oh my god, it's not okay. Yeah, like you're 12 years old, and you're eating poo poo. Eating the boo boo should not. It's not what you eat. Like there's a lot of kinks I don't get, and there's one. That's if it's the stem key, I don't want one. it near me. That's the one. I don't get it. Oh yeah. yucky, yuck yeah. time. Let's... It was like the two girls one oh. cup thing, but like. <sighs> I, I'm traumatized. If I hear the little jingle of that video, I just immediately am just like, nope, nope, find it, turn well, it off. It was just soft serve ice cream. No, it wasn't. No, it was, it was ice cream. You can keep telling yourself that, but it was the boo-boo. Well, I read somewhere that it was ice cream, and I like to think that it was. So now, every time I think about it, no, I no, think about ice cream. That's just what it looked like. But it was really poop. You're welcome. Really I'm still going to think of this ice cream. Please do. <laughs> okay. So, this led him to other acts of deviancy. Oh, more. Yay. And so he started visiting the public bathhouse. Oh. Now, a lot of people don't know what a public bathhouse is because it was a long, long time ago, and we wouldn't dream of, like, bathing with a bunch of strangers nowadays. At least I would that bath water? Mm-mm. So most people only took a bath once a week. Now, during the Victorian era, we have gone over this and over this. Clean running water wasn't a thing in your home. It is yeah. not what you had in your house. If you were lucky, you had a well pump outside, but in the cities, you didn't have that. You got your probably, like, from a city well, mm-hmm. or you had, like, gross water pumped into your house that was nasty. So you went, and, and it wasn't hot water, y'all. Yeah. You didn't turn on a tap and hot water came out. That's not what happened. So people would go take their weekly bath at the bathhouse. And they were nice. They were like, you know, they had nice, clean running water that was pumped in. Sometimes from a hot spring. Sometimes the water was heated. We have a bathhouse here in Eureka Springs, the palace. And it has a neon sign that looks like a penis. It's very cute. It is cute. It is like a nine, ten foot, mm-hmm. ten penis foot palace. penis palace. I love it. It was a gay bathhouse. It is the oldest neon sign this side of the Mississippi, made by a Frenchman, Mm -hmm. the guy who invented neon signs, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it looks like a wiener. And dick and balls. 
It looks like some dick and balls, but like stylized. It's like, yeah. Google that shit and you will go, my God, it does. Like the tip of the penis looks like a boiler hat. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why, you know, it seems innocent at first that Albert would be going there. But he wasn't going there to take a bath. He was going there to watch people be naked and take a poo-poo pee-pee. That's what he wanted take to see. poo-poo pee-pee. He wanted to watch him go into the bathroom and being naked. Because he's fucked up. Hey. Yeah. And this is the nicest Albert will ever be. Yeah, at least he's just watching right now. Yeah. His deviancy only increased as he got older. He started... This is so fucking weird. He started answering personal ads in the paper. Now, back in the Victorian era, they did not have tender. Okay? Right, 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 right. <laughs> and, like, personal ads in the newspaper... We're like dating application. They were yeah. like, hey, I'm a hot MILF. Yeah. I need a husband. Hot blonde 420. Uh-huh. <laughs> Except back then they weren't looking for a hookup. They were yeah. looking for a husband. Because as a woman without a husband, you couldn't do anything. Right. right. Couldn't own land. You couldn't buy stuff. Having a husband fucked. was like having a job. You it, just had the to house, have one. The house was, the household was a business, basically. Yes. Yes. And so a lot of times women who were starting to become too old to be, you know, that's another thing. Past the age of like 22, no one wanted to marry you because men are disgusting. Yep. And so they would put ads in the paper kind of listing their virtues. Hopefully like a matchmaker, like the man's mother would see the ad and kind of arrange a marriage. Yes. Well, Albert started answering these ads. Oh my God. But in a nasty way. He wanted Isn't these. He a teenager still this time. He's like in his late teens, early twenties by this point. Okay. And he's want. He's like asking these women to like come over and beat the fuck out of him. He's like, yeah, make my pee pee hard and beat me with a stick. And they didn't like that. <laughs> that reminds me of like I, I literally like, when I was living um, in Fayetteville, which is the college town close by yeah um uh, there was an ad in the paper in the classifieds because this is like this is like 2010 yeah and there was an ad in the paper in the classifieds this guy wanted someone to just slap him and he was paying per slap in the face and i I, was still a thing oh i wanted to do it so bad but i was i was so small (laughs) and i was like i Oh, that sounds like you could be rape murdered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, like, I don't want to have a bodyguard. (laughs) I would have gone with you. I wouldn't do it. (laughs) Maybe we should offer our services. We will slap the snot out of you and call you terrible names. Yes. And that'll be $3,000. Yes. I'm not going to look at your pecker. No. Mm -mm. If you show it to me, I'm going to kick it. Yep. Hard as I can. Mm -hmm. You won't like it. Mm -hmm. Not in a way you'll like. Anyway, that, uh... That wasn't received well by these ladies, and in fact, they reported him to the police. That's a weird... That was a, a an offense? Apparently it was. Okay. I guess you can't be naughty through the mail. It's a federal it's offense. Yeah, you can't, like, write somebody a fuck you letter. You can't? No. Oh. It's a federal offense, I believe. Or it used to be. Hmm. Yeah. 
You should really find out. <laughs> well, I used to write a bunch of hate mail well, when I quit. The guy up the road that thinks it's my dog's barking when it's really like some Did dogs. he mail it or just stick it? He literally just stuck it in my mailbox. Nope, that's... But you have opening... to send it through the mail. Oh. You can open the mailbox. You can't open somebody's mailbox. I thought you could open it. You can't take anything out of it. It's a federal offense to touch anybody's mailbox. You should get him on camera. I wanted to, but it was so sporadic that he left me notes that I was just Has like, he quit? Yeah. Okay, cool. Fuck that guy. I know. It's kind of sad, though, because I have, like, a little cork board where I have, like, pinned all of the stupid notes, like, have you the decency? You know, all the stupid <laughs> notes that he left yeah, me. I have them, funny. like, up, like, trophies. I'm oh, you so do? Yeah, them. that's true. I've seen them. They're very hilarious. Yes. So, yeah, anyway, he went, he was in and out of jail in his late teens yeah, and early 20s imagine. for this sort of chicanery, which seems on its face, you know, more harmless than the other. I wish he'd have stuck with that. Right, this sounds like a cry for help for, like, mental illness. Oh, he was not sad about it. Ah, well, I mean... He was having a good time. It's still, it's fucked up. Well, the whole thing's fucked up. Here we go. So, in 1890, when little Albert was 20 years old, he moved to New York City. And either he had a hard time finding a job, or the job that he got, which was as a house painter didn't make enough money but he turned to prostitution and he did not seem sad about this for the record right it wasn't like a sad story of a straight man forced to be a male prostitute and having to take it up the butt he wasn't no straight no he was not straight at all i don't think he was i think he's a pedophile yeah yeah, yeah. And you don't so, get to have a sexuality if you're a pedophile no you just get to eat shit yeah Literally, Literally. do that, so uh, I liked it, yeah. so never mind. Yeah, he was known for being a house painter more than a prostitute. I don't know, this very murky area of his life, not a lot going on, except him being disgusting. Um, he loved wearing his painter overalls and nothing else underneath, so that he knew that at any moment he could become nude, easily. That was in his confessions. I think he wrote that down. Like he made it a point to say that. Uh huh. Lovely. It's so weird. It is so weird. It is like, even weird. if that was his thing. Like it's weird to be that proud of it, right? To, like to I didn't put on that. underpants. Well, good for you. I guess your dick was cold. I don't know. Right. Like I went. Like I used to not wear underwear, but it wasn't for that reason. But no, like I just feel like, like I like it's pointless. It's just a weird thing to flaunt. Yeah. You know. Like, all that's between me and my cooter and you is just this sweatpants. <laughs> I'm wearing sweatpants. <laughs> In case you're wondering. <laughs> what are you wearing, Lillian? I'm wearing sweatpants and Crocs. <laughs> and a really cool t-shirt. It's a very cool t-shirt. It has a fairy on it. Yeah. But not like a gay fairy, like a really... What is a gay fairy? I don't know. Could be a gay fairy. She didn't tell me. It's like kind of like an old Art Nouveau type illustration. It's yeah, really it's rad really, as hell. It's a really cool fucking shirt. It is a cool fucking shirt. But it's ruined by the sweatpants and Crocs. No, it's amplified. Is it? Yeah. This is not fashion. It's a fit. This is not a fit. No, this is a mess. This is, I was in bed. It's a luck. This is, I was drunk on food. And <laughs> I barely made it out alive. I really don't want to go on with this story. I know, but we're going. <laughs> So being a house painter got him and a prostitute, he could go anywhere in the country he fucking wanted to. He, it was easy for him to pick up jobs, and it also made it easy for him to be bad. 
he had also started to self-flagellate. Now, that's where you whip yourself. You know, like a cat of nine tails. He had a DIY one that he made. Of course he did. And he had, like, paddles with nails in them and shit. And he really liked to beat the fuck out of himself. Mm-hmm. Yummy. It's so weird. This also gave him access to children. So I want to go over real quick how, like, back in the day, people didn't watch their children like we watch our children today. I would not let my little children play in New York City unsupervised. But people did, especially poor parents. They'd be at work all day. And either their kids weren't in school or were too young for school or school wasn't much of a I don't know if, like, mandatory school was a thing back in that era. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like, public school. That's something I should learn, but I'm not going to learn it today. Anyway, kids would just be fucking everywhere because they didn't couldn't afford babysitters. And kids, largely, also, people didn't think that if you were poor, someone would want to kidnap your children. Because yeah. usually, in any time in the news, they saw about a kidnapping, it was for ransom. Right. And so people knew that poor people didn't couldn't afford a ransom for their kids. So why bother, you know, kidnapping poor children? It didn't even occur to these people that they wanted to do bad things to their children, like rape and murder them. They just didn't I don't know, maybe it was a more innocent time. I'm not sure. Right. They just didn't that kind of deviancy wasn't widespread. And you know those kind of attitudes sort of persisted until the 19, late 1970s. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I think it was with the case of Johnny Gosh, who was the first kid on a milk carton. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And Adam Walsh. Did you ever hear about that case? Mm-mm. You know who John Walsh, Walsh is, right? Like the America's Most Wanted host? Oh, really? His son, Adam, was kidnapped when he was six from a department store when he wandered off from his mother. and They later found his head. It was very sad. Is that why he... That's why he went on to do what he did, does wow. now. Yes. That's and they never found Adam's killer. That's ever. terrifying. And that happened in, like, 1982. And so oh my, my parents, God. like, lost their shit. No wonder my parents were the way they were. Yeah, well, I think it's something about having TV. Yeah. And news can travel faster. And then, of course, we've always been obsessed with true crime. Right. And so it changed the way we parented. And then there were a bunch of cases in Michigan in the late 70s of pe- somebody going around kidnapping kids and killing them and leaving their little bodies in the snow. And it was a serial killer, obviously, who was doing all this. And, I don't know, it just really changed how we parented. But back then, you could really just, you could snatch a kid if you wanted to. Right. Pretty much, pretty easily. And so, Yeah. So he just had everything right there for him. Yeah. And so this attitude environment made it really easy for Albert to prey on young boys. And that is precisely what he did. He would lure them back to his room, wherever he was staying, and he would rape them and beat them and whip them. And he would sometimes mutilate them. He picked on African-American children and the mentally handicapped the most. Because he figured the police cared about them the least. And he wasn't wrong. He was right. The little mentally handicapped child went missing. They just said, well, you know, that dummy wandered off and died. Oh, well. Yeah. 
gross. And uh, this kind of, again, if Albert had that much thought, right. you know, right. enough thought to overcome urges and actually pick victims, not based on what he wanted, but based on what would get him caught the least. It was, yeah. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, see what I'm mm -hmm, saying? Mm -hmm. I don't see dumb there. Yeah. And I don't see insane. This isn't like Richard Chase, who I believe was completely bonkers. Mm -hmm. I don't think Richard Chase could control his urges. Right. He literally he, couldn't. He, no. no. And he went around, the way he chose his victims is if their door was unlocked. Right. That meant they invited him right. in. Right. And his sick mind. Yeah. So this is kind of like, I think of all the people that we've covered so far, I think Richard Chase is the only one legitimately could have gotten off on an insanity. A plea. million percent. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Rare. He needed help from day one. Day one. Kind of pitiful. Yeah. I mean, what he did was absolutely abhorrent, but he was really crazy. He needed help. Yeah. And he and slipped no through the cracks repeatedly. Him. Albert didn't need help. Albert needed a shovel to the face. I hate this guy. Albert needed help <clears throat> when he was a child. He did. And he, he should not have been abused like he that. He got... He, he, I don't think he had two. He did have a choice, but he didn't have a whole yeah. bunch of choices. Yeah. In 1898, when he was 28 years old, his mother, Ellen, arranged for him to marry. The damn, you know, oh the woman was named Anna Mary Hoffman. They married, and I can't find anything where it says if she knew about his deviancy or not. But I know they later divorced, and I'm going to assume... She had to know something. When I get to the part, like, in the timeline where they divorced, I'll talk about that a little bit more. They had six children. Albert, Anna, Gertrude, Eugene, John, and Henry. Anna Marie was nine years younger than him, and these eight, like we said before, these age gap relationships were really common. I mean, they were fucking gross, but they were common. And so I'm going to guess when she married him, she had no idea. Right. She was just a kid. How old was she again? Sorry. Well, when he was 28 and he was nine years older, so she was like 17. Mm. Or 19, either one. I can't fucking math right now. 28 I'm stupid. and nine? Yeah, she was 19. There we go. Thank you. I'm stupid. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. So this is another one I find really weird. In his particular case, by all accounts, he was a strange but harmless father. He never abused them or hurt them or molested them. And it'll say that in every bit of research that I went down in the books and the wiki and Murderpedia, all that stuff in the fucking documentaries and even documentaries with like good production value will rip off right out of Wikipedia. Have you noticed this too? Mm -hmm. The fuck? Can you guys not hire writers? Do you guys not check? Do you not just, like, take the script and put it in Google? Fuck, it pisses me off. It says he wasn't abusive. However, he would enlist the children in helping him hurt himself. Like, he would let them whip him with, like, the paddles and the cat. That's abuse! That's abuse. He was knuckled set for his underpants, and the blood is running down his legs. That's abuse, y'all. I'm not sure why. That was why. a sexual kink, and he's making his children do it for him. Yeah, fucking you. Yeah. That's abuse. Now, did he do any of the other stuff? Did he do anything we that we think is textbook? No. Maybe. Maybe. They just didn't say anything, because they're already horrified who their dad is. 
Maybe they didn't want the fucking social stigma. So I just really doubt it. I think he abused all his fucking kids, no doubt. Well, either way, we do know that he did that with them. So, yeah, it's already Mm -hmm. abuse. So in 1903, just a short while after his marriage, and he never stopped molesting boys while married, by the way, he was arrested for grand larceny, and I couldn't find out what he stole, but I think he stole money from one of the construction companies he worked for as a house painter. That's what I'm going to guess. And he was confined to Sing Sing Prison. He engaged in sex with men in prison the entire time. He was only in there a few years. And it was clear that Albert didn't care about his wife or his marriage. Not ever. No. Um, I have find no instance where he was like abusive to her or anything, and they clearly had some kind of sex life. Right. Six kids is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. So sometime between 1898 and his incarceration, a lover of his took him to a wax museum. Now remember, he's a male prostitute, mm-hmm. so. And there was an exhibit there of a bisected penis. Huh. Mm-hmm. Like long ways? You know, not like, but like, yeah. sorry you guys couldn't see that, but you know. <laughs> Use your imagination. So this is strangely another, like, turning point moment in Albert's life. Okay. <clears throat> he liked the look of that. That's so He's weird. like, mm, I love that cut-in-half penis. That's my favorite thing I've ever seen. He suddenly became obsessed and fascinated with the idea of castration. Oh, boy. Just is so fucked. Yep. In 1910... He started a romantic relationship with a mentally handicapped 19-year-old boy named Thomas Kedden. Now, again, this is a deliberate choice in victim. I don't like how they make this, like, their boyfriends. Yeah, but it's really... He groomed Thomas, and Thomas was barely... It was legally an adult, but not really. Yeah, it was really vague on just, like, mentally handicapped, because there's a lot of handicaps, so... We don't know. Yeah. Um, it seemed that, that Thomas may have been kind of childlike or diminished capacity is what I'm guessing. Okay. Uh-huh. And I don't like calling it a relationship. I feel like he groomed him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it's not saying that people with, you know, those types of mental illnesses can't. can't no, no, no. I'm not saying know. that at all. I'm just saying this sounds very predatory. Bingo. Purposeful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, his victims have all been children of color, the handicapped, and the poor. And right. it's just kind of what at the time was considered the dregs of society right. that nobody cared about. Mm-hmm. And so this seems like another deliberate act. Right. In that way, and yeah, it's predatory as fuck. So he took him to an abandoned farmhouse where he spent two weeks torturing him. He tied him up, he raped him, and he planned on murdering him. And was thus kind of more brutal than he usually was. It wasn't just molestation or rape. He changed his mind at the last minute, kind of fearing he'd be caught. Again, so he knows this is wrong. He's not crazy. Before releasing Thomas, he molested him until he could get him erect, and then cut off part of his penis. What? After that, he cleaned and bandaged him, gave him $10, and sent him away. And it is not known what happened to Thomas. And all of that came from his confessions. How much did he... What did he... 
What? Yeah. Fucked up. Just cut off part of it? Yeah, like, like not quite half of it. I couldn't really figure out from research what parts of his penis he cut off. This was taken directly from his confession. This whole incident. What if it was, if it was a wreck, then all the blood would be there, and he would have bled, like... He cleaned it and bandaged it, so he didn't bleed to death. You would think that he would, though. Like, that would be, like, a severe thing. No. People have survived castration. If you remember the case of Armin Mivas, yeah, he cut off his like yeah. the guy who's volunteered. Yeah. They castrated him, and he didn't. It took him like ten hours, and he still didn't bleed to death. Yeah. So really, unless you hit the femoral or like an artery in the, the main arteries in the neck, you're not going to bleed out fast. Right. Still awful. Oh. And this is that. Oh, this is such a poor baby. Okay. <clears throat> so his wife ended up leaving him for another man and that made him further spiral into like deviancy and now when his wife left him she left all them kids too oh oh no what mm -hmm. she didn't take the children with her not a one she left them all with albert those babies i don't think she knew or maybe she didn't. She just didn't fucking care. Maybe it was so awful she just wanted out and said, fuck the kids. I don't know. I can't imagine doing that. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're just really... Yeah, that's... Really that's not... I don't know isn't why out of weird? all of this, like, that really got me. Like, uh, isn't it just weird? How can you not know that somebody is like that and then live, leave your kids with them? I don't know either. I don't know that she knew. That's why I'm saying I don't... I said to come back to that. I don't know that she knew. How could you not know? I, I mean, think I they guess had a, I think they had a fucking different attitude about kids back then. Yeah, and it wasn't nice. Yeah, I think they just kind of saw them as like annoying burdens that were annoying. Which I don't, is so weird. They wanted them so bad. Well, that's oh number one, a way to control women. You keep them pregnant and keep them tied down with motherhood. They can't rise up against you as they should. And drive you into the sea. Right. On mass. So, his, his further spirals into depravity. He just couldn't stop thinking about that exhibit at the fucking wax museum. It really grinded his gears, I guess. But he couldn't, like, he couldn't get up the courage to castrate himself. He, so, instead he started shoving pins and needles into his groin area. Yay! Isn't that fun? Don't you I love don't that? like that. No. Oh, I don't like that. That's oh, so. Oh. He also started eating raw meat and he started beating himself with a whip a lot more. He ended up purchasing a farmhouse, which became like a successful little farm, but it made his children do the work. Right. So he could just travel around and be a piece of shit. And he left them at home. I mean, it doesn't explicitly state that. But I'm assuming, especially because of what happens later and kind of the events of how he gets caught, I gotta assume that's what's happening because he just still floats all around like the New York and New Jersey right, area. Right. Well, if you have enough hands, a farm can run itself kind of thing, you know? It is like that, yes. And all six kids work on the farm. And I think that's pretty abusive, too. They're just labor for him. Mm -hmm. So during this time, he became completely obsessed with cannibalism. 
It isn't said where he first heard about it, other than, like, Jesus and the communion stuff. He started carrying articles about cannibalism on his person. Like, he had them folded up and in his pockets and stuff. So weird. Isn't it? Uh, Naturally, that freaked people out, you know? And he was interviewed by mental health personnel frequently, but never committed for more than a couple weeks. He was always judged, like, disturbed but sane, And that's something else to keep in mind, you know, for later. I mean, this wasn't just a one-time incident. He was frequently weird at people. Well, it sounds like it. He couldn't keep his shit together. No, he was just really having a good time being a big, perverted piece of shit. Uh Uh-huh. So everybody had to have known that he was just terrible and gross. Kind of. Like, they thought he was either eccentric, but the thing is, is he, the way he looked... At this point in his life, he's, you know, starting to approach middle age. He Mm. looks harmless. He's kind of small. He's a small fella. Yeah. He he dresses okay, and he's polite and kind of mild-mannered. So they assume he's just a little dingy, a little weird, maybe a little crazy. They're not thinking, like, he's sticking pins and needles in his dick, and he's wanting to, like, eat people. Uh... I don't like it. So we still don't know when Albert Fish committed his first murder. It's likely earlier than we know, or that he confessed to. Okay. But his first official, like, on-record killing was in 1919. It was in Georgetown, Washington. He fatally stabbed a mentally disabled boy, confirming the horrible pattern that he'd begun when he was just raping and molesting. That's why I feel he's killed earlier than that. Because if you look at the tape case with Thomas Kedden... If he hadn't have been kind of freaked out and paranoid, which he was frequently, by the way, then he would have killed him. And he seemed pretty confident. Right. Um, He seemed like he had kind of the pattern that he wanted to, like, already figured out. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think this was his first murder. Right. I don't think so. So many children were able to escape him. And, like, go to the police. But due to his kind of transient lifestyle where he's moving around and that they were, he was a stranger to these children, he was never identified Were these attacks. And his MO was to lure children away with either candy or money. He'd take them to abandoned buildings, the woods, or other secluded places where he would then assault them and torture them. He wasn't always successful, however. On July 11th, 1924, he tried to lure Beatrix excuse me, Beatrice Keel, who was aged eight, away from her family's farm with the promise of money if she helped him find some rhubarb. As little Beatrice was leaving with fish, her mother spotted them and swooped in and was like, hell no, you weird old man. Fish gave her the creeps, and she sent him away. What's really creepy, though, and I only found this in like a couple sources, is he came back, and tried to sleep in their barn because he was going to try and get Beatrice again. But the father found him in the barn and chased him the fuck off. What the fuck? Yeah, once he made up his mind about somebody being his victim, he was really after them. And we'll see this later, too, in his most famous murder case. I'm never letting my child out of my sight. Nope. His next confirmed murder was on July 5th, 1924, just days before he tried to lure away little Beatrice Keel was Francis McDonald. He was only eight years old. He lured the boy away to a nearby wooded area, 
There he strangled him with his own clothing and cut up his legs and stomach. He left the little boy hanging in a tree. He was found by a search party organized by his parents that evening after Francis failed to come home for dinner. Mm. Oh, that's awful. When the police interviewed the little playmates of Francis that had been playing with him that day, they said he went off with an elderly man with gray hair, a gray mustache, and gray clothes. Alice McDonald, who was the mother of Francis, had seen Albert earlier that day, kind of like shuffling around the children. And here's a quote from her. He came shuffling down the street, mumbling to himself and making queer motions with his hands. I saw his thick gray hair and his drooping gray mustache. Everything about him seemed faded and gray. The description given by the children and Francis's mother is what earned him the nickname the Gray Man. Later during confession, Fish said he had planned on castrating Francis, but a, the noise of nearby people made him scared and he ran off. While not confirmed, a suspected murder by Fish was in 1926 of Emma Richardson, aged five. The next known murder was Billy Gaffney in 1927. So I like to go through on the one, like he, he confessed or alluded to killing nearly 100 children. Oh my fucking God. But as is the case with serial killers, yeah. when they're caught and they confess, they bullshit, right? Yeah. But this, these are confirmed. Well, especially because he's like, yes, I've been bad, daddy. Spank me again. You know, so he's like... He was really into it. But some things he refused to confess to that seemed like he had done. So it's right. like one of those weird things. So Billy was aged four. He was playing in the hall of his apartment building with his friend Billy Beaton. They both went missing at the same time. However, Billy Beaton was found a few hours later alive, and he was playing on the roof of that same building. When they, when like the police asked what happened to his little friend Billy Gaffney, Beaton told police that, quote, the boogeyman took him. Witnesses later came forward claiming they saw Billy Gaffney on a trolley car with an older man. Later, Fish confessed to murdering him. He said the little boy wouldn't stop crying for his mother, so he killed him and then butchered him, taking his meat up to his rooms and cooking and eating it. They never found his body. Now, that is the first reported act of cannibalism. However, in the confession, it seems so off the cuff. It didn't seem special to Fish and as obsessed as he was about it. I don't think that's the first person he cannibalized. Because what he does later is so repugnant and horrific. I don't know. I just feel like he would have made a bigger deal about his first one. Right. I think he didn't tell the first one. He did not confess. I think it's a murder we just don't know about. And that's pretty chilling. Another possible murder, but not confirmed of fishes, was 12-year-old Yetta Abramowitz. She was found beaten and strangled on the roof of the building she lived in because he was putting kids up on roofs, which is kind of weird. In 1928, two boys managed to escape Fish's clutches. Fish lured a boy he had previously molested, Cyril Quinn, and Cyril's friend to his apartment. He planned on using his implements of hell to murder them. After killing them, Fish wanted to eat them. However, when the boys were like, they were like wrestling and roughhousing in his apartment, mm -hmm. they kind of pushed the mattress and it scooted out of place and they saw a butcher knife and a meat cleaver and they were like, well, fuck this, got scared and ran off. 
Wow. So Fish referred to his implements of hell a lot. And what these were was a meat cleaver, a butcher knife, and a small handsaw. And it's believed he used these in some of the murders. And he came up with a name for that himself. He's... It just... I don't know. It's like... I think it does a disservice to, like, dehumanize these people completely. But, man, he's barely a person. No. Yeah, he's... He's nasty. He's, he's not... I just hate him real I feel good. sorry for him as a child, but the thing that he became because of the horror that he witnessed... Now, the thing that happened to him, though gruesome and vile and awful mm-hmm. and terrible... Well, it happened, happened to a lot of boys I was about there. to say, it happened to almost every single Catholic child, especially the Catholic boys, mm-hmm. for hundreds of years. And yet, they're not doing this. Exactly. However, I do think it sets up kind of a cycle of abuse, alcoholism, drug addiction, and domestic violence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's not a good thing to do. Don't fucking raise a hand to a child. That's mm-hmm. stupid and fucked up their little... You, no. But... I'm just saying that, like, not all the people that I, I were think, his children... I think there's, like, a combination of terrible things going on here. Or you know, demons. I don't fucking he's know. Just, he's, he's just awful. It's, it's, it's grotesque. Okay. I need you to buckle in, because this next part is just so fucking awful I can barely... I know. Okay. Buckle in, all y'all. The most infamous murder he committed was in 1928, and it was the murder of Grace Budd. It is the most well-documented out of all of Fish's murders, and perhaps the one that fascinates people the most, probably due to the letter he writes Grace's mother. Which is awful, Um, but I'm going to read it anyway. Albert was looking through the paper when he saw a personal ad. He fucking loves those. And the ad said, Young man, 18, wishes position in country, Edward Budd, 406 West 15th Street. Young Edward just wanted to earn a good living and had been putting ads looking for work in the paper. Well, Fish was like, oh boy, I want to capture him, tie him up, bleed him to death, and then ultimately eat him and castrate him. Not necessarily in that order. So he went to the Budd home on the 28th of May, 1928, posing as a farmer in need of help. Hired help. He said his name was Frank Howard, and he agreed to hire both Edward and Edward's friend, Willie. Fish had promised to send for the two young men in a couple of days, but instead telegrammed the family that he would be delayed. Maybe he had second thoughts. He did this a lot, where he would get, like, paranoid and freaked out and would, like, abandon, like, a murder, like, right away. He didn't get to finish it the way that he wanted. He frequently said this in, like, his confessions. Eventually, though, he made it back to the Bud house a few days later and was introduced to Edward's 10-year-old sister, Grace. He then changed his mind. He wanted to kill Grace instead. He wasn't sure at 58 years old he could overpower the tall and really strong Edward, and there'd be two of them. He was also attracted to Grace's tomboy looks and, like, her short hair and she wasn't, I don't know, it says in his, like, it says it's written about frequently that she wasn't particularly a feminine child. But I looked at pictures and I don't see that. Isn't she 10? She's 10. How the fuck do you know, how, you shitheads? How do you get to be a feminine 
Ten-year-old. Ten-year-old. Sorry, she didn't have giant tits, you weirdos. Like, I or I don't know what they're talking about. No. It was really common back then for girls to have, like, chin-length I was hair. about to say, because the, the bob that happened mm-hmm. in the 20s and 30s was also very similar to the boys' haircut in the late 1800s. Yes. They just, kind of children, until they were in their, like, preteens and teens, kind of had a unisex look. Little boys wore dresses till they were, like, six to eight years That's old. True. Little girls had the short hair. If you want to know why? Because kids with long hair is a fucking annoying. Have you ever tried to brush, like, lollipop out of somebody's fucking hair? Everybody gets short hair. That's why. They didn't have the shampoo and shit and detangler. So there you are with like a fucking wooden comb and a screaming baby because it's got long hair. I get it. You just chop the shit off. So Fish didn't say anything about her being a tomboy. And he was a pedophile with a predilection towards boys. But it didn't seem, honestly, to matter as much. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know if with pedophiles it matters as much. So, yuck, whatever. When he returned to the Bud House, he brought a gift, and this is important, of strawberries and pot cheese. No, I don't know what fucking pot cheese is. Willow, would you be so kind as to Google pot cheese? I I meant to earlier. I know what my Google's going to bring up. (laughs) Fall 20 cheese! You know what? (laughs) I think that might be good. I really want some THC cheese that would be awesome thank you like some, some mm. THC mac and cheese mm, I have I have made that before it's actually really good is it mm-hmm. dang that's actually some of the best edibles I've ever made was... I bet some like Gruyere is that how you say that word I was like wait what is she saying and then I was like Tis... oh yeah I saw it in my brain I was Tis like oh. Gruyere it's French it's French that's right hold on I'm looking at pot cheese Pot cheese, what the fuck is it? I don't know. Pot now I cheese. want queso. I'd eat some cheese right now. No, I wouldn't. Would I? Maybe. Hot cheese looks like... Ass? It's white. Okay. It says it's a type of soft, crumbly, unaged cheese. It is very simple to make and also highly versatile. Shit, I'd take some... That's a nice present, strawberries and pot cheese. Yeah, I'm... I'm it looks a lot like cottage cheese. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's just the curds and stuff from, like, milk or whatever. That's exactly what it looks yeah. like. Well, that's delicious. All right. I got a recipe for you. You may send it later. Yeah. And uh, he claimed that this was from his farm. The family was delighted by the polite, mild-mannered older man and invited him in for lunch. Because he brought food and stuff. That's nice. Now, he spun a yarn about having a niece who had a birthday party that afternoon, and he told the family that he could take little Grace with him, and she'd have a nice time at the party. He promised to return her as soon as it was over. Now, Grace's mother was hesitant at first, because her instincts were screaming, but Albert insisted, promising to return her in a timely fashion, and she had no reason not to trust the kindly older man. He'd been so polite and was offering to hire her son to do work on his farm. The family needed the money, and she didn't want to insult or upset Albert, who was posing, of course, as Frank Howard. Mm -hmm. She agreed, and off they went, and that was the last time she ever saw Grace. Nightfall came, and there was still no word from Grace or 
Frank Howard. He hadn't returned like he'd promised. Very worried and beside herself, Grace's mother urged Grace's father, who was also named Albert, to go to the address Frank Howard said the party was at to pick Grace up. Now, Albert insisted, Albert Budd, not Albert Fish, mm -hmm. insisted they wait until morning to be polite, which is stupid. And so very early the next morning, he went to the address and it was a made up fucking address and didn't exist, which we're not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. And so he immediately went to the police. And Detective William King, head of the Missing Persons Bureau, was assigned to the case. Detective King discovered there were no records of a man named Frank Howard in that area and that the kidnapper of Grace had even taken back the telegraph he'd sent the family. Remember, he sent them a telegraph. He swiped that shit and stuck it in his pocket on his way out the door. So they couldn't, like, trace it back to wherever the right. telegraph was yeah. sent. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. So, I will tell you, that I love the detective work in this fucking case so fucking much. Because usually... Really? Work, yeah. That's hard to find. It's hard to find. Usually the police fuck it up. Fuck the police. Oh, but Grace was a white girl. Grace was a cute little white girl in her little confirmation dress. Oh. Yeah. I don't like that. I know. Awful oh, babies. Poor baby. So, Detective King just like went above and beyond on this one. And his men, they went to the telegraph station that was the closest and spent hours and hours and hours sorting through all the duplicate telegraphs. So oh, when yeah. they would send one out, they kept a duplicate. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And gosh, they found the telegraph that Fish had sent the Bud family. It was traced back to East Harlem. He then traced the strawberries and the pot cheese to a certain shop in Harlem, where the clerk was able to describe the man who bought them. The description fit Frank Howard, a.k.a. Albert Fish. And then the leads dried up. And the case went cold for years. So another, and I'm going to take a little break and talk about more of Albert's fun activities. Oh, yay. Yeah. Mm. Another suspected killing attributed to Fish was that of four-year-old Emil Alig, and that was in 1930. That same year, the death of Robin Jane Louis, age six, is suspected to be another fish murder. In 1932, fish is also suspected to be the killer of Mary Ellen O'Connor, age 16, and Benjamin Collins, age 17. So he was busy. This is not really reported much of anywhere, but Fish was also married again in 1930 on February 6th in Waterloo, New York to Estella Wilcox. They divorced after only a week of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I Estella was like, oh, hell no, this guy was yeah. weird. Doesn't say why, but I bet it's because he's yeah, weird. Yeah, I don't have to ask why. <laughs> He was also arrested that same year for sending more perverted letters in response to personal ads in the paper. In 1934, Mrs. Bud, Grace's mother, received a letter from a man claiming to have killed Grace. I'm going to read it, and it's bad and long, but it's crazy, so... What I think is wild about this letter is the total, complete bullshit that's at the start of it. It's just a big fat fucking lie. Yeah. Dearest Mrs. Bud, in 1894, 
a friend of mine shipped as a deckhand on the steamer Tacoma, Captain John Davis. And I'm reading it just as he wrote it with mistakes and all. They sailed from San Francisco for Hong Kong, China. On arriving there, he and two others went ashore and got drunk. When they returned, the boat was gone. At that time, there was a famine in China. Meat of any kind was from one to three dollars per pound. So great was the suffering among the very poor that all children under 12 were sold for food in order to keep others from starving. Yes, there was a famine in China. And no, that didn't happen. I'm not saying cannibalism doesn't happen in famines. It does. But it isn't as rampant as all children were sold. That's stupid. I don't know why he's telling this story. I it's think a it's a weird fantasy. It's a terrible way to start. Well, and out. it's and it's making him less monstrous because it's his eyes. friend who entered. Yeah, we'll get to that because other people did it too. So he's not a no. boy or girl under fourteen was not safe in the street. You could go in any shop and ask for steak, chops, or stew meat. Part of the naked body of a boy or girl would be brought out and just what you wanted cut from it. A boy or girl's behind, which is the sweetest part of the body and sold as veal cutlet, brought the highest price. John said there so long, stayed there, excuse me, he misspells everything because he's an idiot, stayed there so long he acquired a taste for human flesh. On his return to New York, he stole two boys, one seven and one eleven, took them to his home, stripped them naked, and tied them in a closet. Then he burned everything they had on. Several times every day and night, he spanked them, tortured them to make their meat good and tender. I'm going to pause right there. I think Fish did this. Yeah, I was like, that sounds like like he's trying to he's trying. It to sounds like, like part of fantasy that he's had or disassociative. Or, like no, I think I, I think, don't think he has disassociative identity, no. but that's what it that's what it reminds me. I think me of, that the fantasy is else. the whole John, the sailor boy, went over to China. And I think he read an article about it. That's one of the articles he carried around was about the famine in China and how they were eating their own because we're racist as fuck and that sounds like something we do. Mm. But I think that this 7 and 11-year-old boy, I think he did this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, that's his MO. So things. I'll continue, but it gets worse. First, he killed the 11-year-old boy because he had the fattest ass and, of course, the most meat on it. Every part of his body was cooked and eaten except the head, bones, and guts. He was roasted in the oven, all of his ass. Well, he just, and I will tell you in these letters, he focuses on the ass a lot, and it's gross. It's weird. Boiled, broiled, fried, and stewed. The little boy was next, went the same way. At that time, I was living at 409 East 100 Street, near right side. Whatever that means. He told me so often how good human flesh was, I made up my mind to taste it. <laughs> See, he's blaming it on this make-believe fucking yeah. scene. And I think he did this. Yeah. Maybe he, like, fantasized about the the article that was in his pocket for so long that he, like, in his head became friends with this guy. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure something no, out. No, I think he's a fucking liar and just makes up shit. I don't doubt that either. This is the rest of the letter, and this details the murder of Grace. Oh, my God. On Sunday, June the 3rd, 1928, I called on you at 406 West 15th Street, brought you pot cheese, strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. 
I made up my mind to eat her. On the pretense of taking her to a party, you said yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off. I knew if I did not, I would get her blood on them. When all was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in a closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run down the stairs. I grabbed her and she said she would tell her mama. First, I stripped her naked, how she did kick, bite, and scratch. I choked her to death, then cut her in small pieces so I could take my meat to my rooms, cook it, and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though I could have could of had I wished. She died a virgin. So, Mrs. Bud was illiterate. Thank God. Oh, my God. So, she could not read the letter. Oh, thank God. However, she gave the letter to her son, Edward, who was his original intended victim, and had him read it. <coughs> I don't think he read it aloud. I hope yeah. not. Um, but that spared her. Now, he said he didn't rape Grace, but later he confessed to his lawyer that he had because he was a compulsive lying sack of shit. Fuck him. Hate him. He's a bad man. And I'm sorry for that letter, but it's just the way he just thinks so viciously, and he doesn't even ascribe any feelings to his victims because he's fucked up. No, but he's clearly... Like, mentally intact enough to know what's going on. To make up a story to try and shift the blame to this make-believe fucking sailor. Well, and to have the gall. To send it to his mother. That's so cruel. To send it to her mother. Yeah. Fuck you. The letter was immediately given to the police. Detective King used the mark on the envelope, which said NYPCBA, which stood for the New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association. King went there, and the association cooperated fully. The police and the detectives spent countless hours comparing the handwriting of all the employees, the chauffeurs, and no matches were found. However, the employees were promised that if anyone came forward and admitted to stealing the association's stationery, they wouldn't be prosecuted or fired. One man came forward and said he'd accidentally left some of the stationery from the association at a boarding house. King, I love the detective work, is so good in this. King yeah. went, he is fucking dedicated. King went to the boarding house and was over the moon to hear that someone matching Frank Howard's description had stayed there in a room previously occupied by a chauffeur. Unfortunately, the man had just checked out. So King took the boarding house's registry and compared the handwriting from the letter sent to the, the buds mm -hmm. to the, like the signatures on the register. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there he found a match, Albert Fish. The landlady of the boarding house said that Albert got a paycheck once a month delivered there from his son, who's running his farm. Not wanting to miss him, King rented a room with a good view of the exits in the hallway, and he fucking stayed there waiting for that motherfucker to get his paycheck. On December 13th, King went back to the police station. He had some white paperwork to do, and while he was gone, Fish showed up. 
What the fuck? My gosh. As he's there at the police station, the landlady frantically calls and she's like, dude, get your ass back here. I am stalling. She offered Albert Fish a cup of tea and said, you need to rest. Put up your feet. Have a cup of tea. And so Fish was like, yeah, okay. You know, I'm right. I don't know. And so fucking King arrived back at the boarding house and Fish made no move to like hide or run away. He's like old at this point. I think he's like 62. Mm-hmm. And... So King pulled out his gun. He says, you're under arrest, you piece of garbage. And Albert Fish pulled out a straight razor and came charging at him. Wily old shit. God. God. That's crazy. But Detective King easily overpowered him and arrested him. He had tons of blades on him when they, like, frisked him and shit. Like, knives and razors. He was just ready to murder, like, at any time. I do think he killed way more oh, yeah. than, than yeah. his official numbers. Because he's like, he's hungry for it. <laughs> so once he was arrested, Christ. he was like, let me tell you all about my disgusting murders and what I like to do. And the police were really upset. He said he'd killed a child in every state. Now, again, that's really common behavior of serial killers once caught. They self-aggrandize and make up shit. Right. He didn't right. do that. I don't he, know. he didn't. He wasn't able to travel that far and wide. No. Once in custody, Fish claimed to have been ordered by God to castrate boys. Oh, of course. He said he had molested and mutilated over a hundred children. He told the officers he had shoved needles into his groin. When x-rayed, over 29 needles were found in his pelvic region. Oh my fucking God. Hold on. He also liked to take wool, soak it in lighter fluid or kerosene, shove it up his butthole, and light it on fire. Like, enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, it's a good time. So, I have a, I have a new name for him. Would you like to hear it? Do you, you want to hear yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Needle Dick Anal Blaze. <laughs> do you like that one? Needle Dick Anal Blaze. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're almost done, thank God. On March 11th, 1935, Albert Fish's trial began. He pled not guilty by reason of insanity. Though Fish never took the stand, his defense lawyer said that his belief that God told him to castrate boys was proof enough of his insanity. Uh, but the jury did not agree, and neither do I. I think that was a lie, and it was bullshit. Yep. He never talked about religion in his confessions except that one little line. Bullshit. He was not a religious man. He was anti-religious. Mm-hmm. So the jury did kind of think he was insane, though, because they were like, well, you'd have to be. Well, no normal person could could do this. Could do you'd this. have to be insane to do right. these things. However, they just wanted him to fry, yeah. so they said he was guilty. Yeah. And he was sentenced to death by electric chair. On January 16th, Fish walked calmly to the chair, Old Sparky it was called, and help position the electrodes on his head that would deliver the fatal jolt of electricity. Albert Fish looked forward to his execution, calling it, quote, the only thrill I have not tried. It sounds like something you'd be into. Now, rumors said that because of all the needles in his groin that his dick caught on fire, but that's bullshit. I want it to be true, though. I know, but he would have liked it. Yeah, I know. So I'm glad it didn't. His last words were either, I don't even know why I'm here, 
right, sure thing, buddy. Trying to right. pretend to be a little dottled old man, fuck you. Right. Or, but I, it wasn't the right verdict. I'm not really seeing, you know. Uh, fuck Albert Fish. Yeah. So, we don't know how many yeah. he killed, but uh, fuck him. Oh, God. I'm glad that's over. It's over, and I never have to talk about Albert Ugh. Fish again. I hate him so much. I hate him so much. He's in hell with Andre Chikatilo, and I hope they're, like, yeah. rimming each other with razor blades. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Can I just say that whenever you said, uh, was it Anal Blaze? Anal Blaze! Anal <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whenever he lit, lit his ass on fire. Yeah, his asshole. Yeah. Well, in my brain, like... <laughs> As soon as he said that, do. it just said, you know that song that's like, this girl is on fire. Yes. It was like, this ass is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he just would have immolated himself. You right. Know? Like, why couldn't he just castrate yourself, you shithead? Yeah, you're already down there shoving needles in it. Oh, I hate it. And I hate having So it was like gross. the whole groin area, though. Like, like beep, 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 in beep, his, beep. yeah. yeah. I was pointing to my own crotchal region yes. for Willow's pew, 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 pew. benefit. I forget sometimes you guys can't see. Yeah, because a lot of times on these on these cases, We're like pointing and shit, like, like or I'm just sitting here with my mouth like wide open, and oh, I'm just like, yeah. oh my fucking god! But I'm not saying anything for no. long periods of time. And your eyeballs are like dinner plates. Yeah, it's yeah, cute. yeah. You like a startled little chipmunk yeah. or something. I'm sure. A traumatized forest creature. That's. That is me. It is you that at is, all that times. That is just an yeah. all-encompassing me. What the fuck is happening? I'm small, and this is sad. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Like, oh, I'm glad we're past this. Promise me, Willer, that we won't cover any serial killers next month. I don't want to cover any serial killers next month. Just regular killers? Just regular old... Oh, well, one of them I had was a serial. Okay, but it fine. It wasn't like a like wait. A, hold on, hold on. Crazy serial. No child murdering serial killers next month. Is that possible? It's Christmas. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of but it's Christmas. But it's Christmas. Don't take the child murderers away from me. No, I mean. <laughs> okay, fine. Whatever. Kill the kid. Fine. Fuck it. But you owe me something. I don't know what it is yet. I'm okay. We'll so. It out. It's, I'm not going to personally do any of those. Well, it's Christmas Killers Month. Yeah. And so, well, first of all, like... I was thinking of, like, Black Christmas, you know, the slasher movie where he kills all them co-eds on Christmas. I was thinking of shit like that. There's some other ones that... But anyways, um... <laughs> I, but I think that we should do some fun episodes, too. Like, I'd like some fun. You should do an episode on Krampus. I'd really love to do an episode on Krampus. Yes. What's that tongue do, Daddy? Ooh. Ooh. It's always long. Oh, it is. I forgot I'm about like, that. Oh, damn. I have been bad. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Please don't switch my bottom and do things to me. Do things to me. Yeah, I would love to co cover Krampus, although it does involve child murder, but it's yeah. fun. It's festive. It's festive child murder. And, and go figure, it's German. Oh, what a surprise. Y'all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know we have like two listeners in Germany because the analytics tell me so. What the fuck's wrong with y'all? I don't get it. I know I'm not talking about World War II. Fuck off with World War II. I'm not... But some of the things y'all have are just very grim, mm -hmm. Germany. You need... And Kraftwerk. I don't know what that was about. I do want to have like a, a German 
person on our podcast sometime just so we could talk about German words. I really want to talk about that sometimes. Just for fun. Because, like, the German language is so funny to me. Like, it's... I think it's... I think it can be hot. It's funny sounding because, like, it's, it's so, so aggressive. Yeah, it is aggressive. And, like, you know, and I obviously gets, don't know anything. That turns me on a little bit. You like to get... Yelled at? Yeah. And called names? Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Every, you know what's funny? Huh? Is anytime I've dated a dumb cishet man, they always assume that I'm, like, a big mommy dom or something, and I'm gonna... I, no, not at all. No. I find submissive men repugnant in every way. Makes them want to barf. I want to be the little spoon. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. So, if I've ruined any of your fantasies out there, I'm terribly sorry. Pew, pew. Fantasy's gone. <laughs> did you just laser gun? <laughs> yes, gun I the did. I, have, I haven't had any caffeine today at all. Well, that's gross and weird. Yeah, Why'd I you had, do that? I had an off day. I had to drink, like, a whole day. bunch of coffee before this episode. So... Before we go, yeah, it has nothing to do with the podcast, but cool. I really just want to like even out this whole horrendous. It was horrendous. Shit That's a good word that happened. This is not exciting at all. Sweet, it's boring, but no. it's really cute. We were at the grocery store earlier, uh-huh. and you know how um, Mateo, like, okay, so he's nine months old, and he's like, kind of. He's he's awesome, but he's a terror at the same time. But he's starting to say things, and he, he his, is starting to talk. It's cute. His word for kitty is just yeah. <laughs> it's very scary. And he makes this big face, and he like kind of screams too. He's like, yes, he did it to my very, dog. He's very excited about kitties. He called me a kitty earlier, and I was like, no, I'm your mom. And he's I'm like, dad, 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 dad. But um, earlier we. Because he doesn't, we don't celebrate Christmas, obviously. Oh, gross. And so he's never seen a Santa Claus image before. And he's all Santa Claus at the, at the grocery store. And he had a freak out, like almost meltdown, but the opposite. He's so he was excited. so excited that he saw a Kitty. <laughs> I thought Santa Claus was a cat. Because Kitty, <laughs> like, screamed in the grocery Maybe store. Maybe that's just his word for everything he likes. That's what we think. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he called the dog. He called your dog. And he Although, called to be fair, dogs. my dog only yeah. weighs four pounds and could be mistaken for a hamster. Yeah. Definitely yeah. doesn't look like a dog. No. Like a sentient house shoe. She's like a little nervous, shivering. She's fuzzball. not nervous. She's pumped. Bunny's not nervous. No. No. no she's not she's shivering because she's cold, because she's small, and my house doesn't have central heat. I need to make that dog a sweater. I tried though, and she ate it. Oh, okay. She sounds like like a little nervous, shaky dog, but she's kind of like just so excited to be alive at all times. She's pumped, and she's militant about it, almost pissed off. Yeah, she's so excited, she's almost pissed. Yeah, love that dog. So I'm gonna do a little business before we fly away. Okay, to the night. Okay, because it's late now. It's almost one a.m. Yeah, I'm tired. I gotta make soap. I do. Mm-hmm. I'm making a really cool soap, and you guys should go look at my Facebook for it or something. I don't know. Anyway, business time. Our Patreon. I want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's doing good, but it could do better. Mm-hmm. It could, and you should go there and subscribe, because coming up in either December or January, maybe January, because the holidays are hard. Right. Um, we're going to try and do two episodes a week. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you get two additional episodes that are ad-free. Yeah. Yep. 
And sometimes we just do random spur-of-the-moment fun stuff on there. Right. Like, for Thanksgiving, we <laughs> we had this grandiose plan that we were going to eat a bunch of food and then have, like, family interviews where we just, like, bring family members in here and we talk. We kind of halfway did it. Oh, I was so fucked up from how much food I ate. Cause yeah, you're food, food drunk. Food makes me, like, Weird. really, really messed up. Like, like... You were slurring. It was... I you know. hadn't been drinking or anything. No, I took two sips of that cocktail that you made me. Two sips. I was a little was drunk, like, to be fair. I didn't... No, I was just so fucked up on so much food. You're food drunk. I was... I was... Mm. K.O. So... Yeah, <laughs> so it's ridiculous. So that episode yeah. was really stupid, but it was... I don't know. I thought it was a cute add-on it's to cute. our Patreon. You just got to, to like, meet producer Will. Yeah, and you guys got to just like... Hang out with us for a second. And mm-hmm. talk. My husband talked some. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. cute. Mm-hmm. And uh, your husband was destroyed by having to work all day, which is sad. Yeah, because his employees stink and are on meth. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you go to our Patreon, we have fun extras. We're also, I'm working on a Discord. So, like, I'm at my computer 90% of the day researching mm-hmm. and shit. So I wouldn't mind chatting with y'all while I'm working. And right. you can do that. And I really want... Like, we had a few stories in, but not enough to make an episode. I want to at least do one, maybe one episode a month, or at least, or maybe even do, like, a full month sometime of listener episodes and, like, deep dives into listener stories and things like that. Like, I want to hear from you guys. I want, Mm -hmm. like, this to be more of a... Back and forth. Back and forth. Absolutely. You know. Get involved. Let's be symbiotic here. Let's, let's, Let's all be in this together and, like... Tell us about cases that we should maybe do or, or you know, call us, like we said, and, mm-hmm. and leave us a voice message of, like, what you think one of our themed months should be. Or we like suggestions. Like I really like that a yeah, lot because, you know, I, I mean, we're both really creative people, but um, some really good ideas can fall through the cracks sometimes. That's so. right. We don't want to be disappointing. Also, I'm, I'm just going to list out all our social media before we go so you guys know where to find us and how to interact with us for free right now instead of paying for it, although we would be cool if you would. So our Patreon is patreon.com slash cruelty. Our Facebook is cruelty podcast. Our Twitter is cruelty podcast. We're cruelty podcast on TikTok. Where else are we? Instagram. There too. Cruelty podcast. So if you put those into any one of those platforms, you will find us. We're also now available on Apple Podcasts, and I am working on getting us available on more streaming services, so stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm also working on a blog for missing people that are either people of color or the LGBTQIA or indigenous people because somebody needs to give these cases more attention, and we have a platform. We absolutely should do that. But for now, I'm going to say good night. Good night. I love you. Oh, that was a little too much. <laughs> that meant something when you said it like that. That hit different. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh. Maybe a little oh. I think we're sharing stuff here, y'all. <laughs> Let's not. All right, I'm going to go. Goodbye. Find us on your social media platform of choice. Linktree slash cruelty has all of the links. Check out our Patreon for exclusive episodes, merch, ad-free episodes, live ghost hunts, and much more. Please be sure to subscribe. New episodes are uploaded weekly. Thank you so much. See you next time. Music and production 